Hello, hello, hello. Arise and walk. A prophetic move of God. I am so glad to be here. And if you're listening, I hope you are too. I want to start off uh, with our wisdom word of today. It's coming from Proverbs 10, verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. In other words, this passage tells us to guard our tongue. Because those of us that do more talking than listening, you are bound to sin. Somewhere you're going to tell a lie with that much talking that you're doing. The scripture also tells us, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because once you get beyond that yes and that no, you are going to probably get into sinning. Uh, We have an old saying down in the deep, deep south. They used to say, all that talking that you doing, you telling lies and fanning flies. (laughs) Yeah. So a person that had that do a lot of talking, they are not doing much listening. But a person who restrains from a lot of empty talking is usually considered to be a wise person. Hey, so that's food for life. Um, and also, as I was pondering here a little bit this evening, The word challenge came into my spirit. I like the verb definition of challenge. It means to invite someone to engage in a contest. And to engage means to participate or become involved in. And I hear that word challenge being used in social media a lot. And it came to mind this phrase that Joshua said in Joshua, the 24th chapter and the 15th verse, he makes a statement. And that statement says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now that is a very bold statement because Joshua did not say, as for me, myself and I, I will serve the Lord. No, 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 no. He said, as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay, so that means everybody or everything that's in Joshua's house will be a witness, a testimony, and a representation of God. That is a very bold statement. But it's a statement that has to be made if you want to have order in the house. Well, back to the word we were looking at, challenge. Joshua 
in this book, and I, and, I, and I speak as if everybody listening may know what I'm talking about, but I'll refresh you. Joshua is a book that's in the Holy Bible. And Joshua was one of the successors of Moses. And if anyone knows the story throughout the Bible of the Israelites, throughout the Old Testament of the Israelites, uh, being in the wilderness for 40 years and God transitioning them from, from slavery, slavery to the wilderness to the promised land. Okay. So therefore Joshua was one of the spies. He was along with Caleb that went and checked out the newfound promised land. And he came back with a good report about, Hey, it's some good stuff going on over there in spite of the opposition. So with that being said, again, he became the successor of Moses. Moses wasn't able to make it all the way into that promised land because so many others had died off because of rebellion. Okay. But Joshua was, became the leader to cross over into that promised land. And because the people, you know, that, you know, you could probably take a person out of a situation, but if that situation of that thing is still in that person, you're going to have to deal with the mentality of that person. So the Israelites still had that mentality of being rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed, which means they were still being followers and not leaders or that beacon light of love, trust, and obedience unto God. They still had idols on the throne of their heart. Therefore, as some of us may say today, Joshua had to have a come to Jesus talk with them. He had to remind them of, of who was taught, taking care of them since the beginning of the journey. It was God. He gave them an ultimatum. It's either God or your idols. Choose. And of course, Joshua was the first to make that bold statement. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That takes me back to the challenge. Um, for the next, I guess for this week, I'll be talking about the different phases of our house. As for me and my house, that is what the challenge would be called. Um, and it's for us to engage in what's really going on in our household. I know during COVID, so many of us have been very limited. And yes, we are in our house, in our homes, or going from the grocery store back home, or if we are working in an essential area of, uh, of work, we go to work, go to the store, come back home, fellowship on the different platforms of social media. If you're fellowshipping with a, another um, gathering of, of believers or church gatherings, as they say. Um, so most of us are trying to do the best we can to be, you know, the obedience of what 
been asked for us to do during this time of this virus. So I, I'm sure, you know, you've had time to be in the house, but to really, really be in the house is to really pay attention to the climate of your home, different phases of your home. If you're married, are you really paying attention to the attitude and the climate or the atmosphere of your wife, you know, the children, the dog, the cat, whatever. But in your house, what is going on in your house? It's time to cut the TV off, get in the word of God, meditate on the word, and pay attention to what's going on in your house. You see, during this time of COVID, as we say, 19, going into 2020, and uh, all the other political things that have been happening, uh, we've, uh, most of us, a lot of us have gotten so consumed in what was going on in the world, you know, uh, reading the newspapers, out there on Facebook, different different platforms, as I mentioned earlier, and have really gotten so consumed with what was going on. And it's nothing wrong with being in the know of things around us. We need to be aware of what's around us, but we also need to be more aware of what's going on within our circle, okay? Because we can be on the inside and still not see or, or know what's really going on. So yes, this is a challenge, a challenge for you to engage, a challenge for you to pay attention to the atmosphere, to the movement, and to the season of what's going on in your house. Pay attention to your wife, husband. Pay attention to your husband, wife. Pay attention to your children, husband, wife, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, whoever's in the house, dog, cat, who, whatever, who's ever in your house, pay attention. And I can assure you that there are going to be some things that your eyes will be open to. Okay, <laughs> I could go on and on and on, but I'm not. I'm going to do my very best in the next few days of this week to be short and sweet. But as for you and your house, and as for me and my house, what's really going on? Okay, if I don't see you tomorrow, God willing, I'll see you and I'll talk to you the next day. Okay? Okay. Stay blessed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or even good night, wherever you are around the world. I hope you're having a good one. It is such a blessing to be back here today with a rise and walk, a prophetic move of God. Last time we uh, talked about uh, engaging in this challenge. The challenge as for me and my house. Uh, just to refresh a little bit, this um, 
phrase or this statement was taken from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And the Lord dropped that in my spirit for us to look at that statement in such a practical way as to relate it to what's really going on in our houses. Okay. Um, I ran across another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4.11, and it said, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your own hands, just as we told you. So the, the Bible has such it's a treasure of wisdom, a treasure of instructions. We just have to get into it and allow that wisdom and those instructions to get into us. Okay. But as we were going um, back to the challenge, as for me and my house, I mentioned uh, last time that sometimes we can be in the house, but still not be aware of the climate or the atmosphere or the attitudes that are in the house. And, and sometimes we may be aware of some attitudes in the house, but instead of um, trying to understand what is bringing on the attitude, whether good, bad, or indifferent, we, uh, we, 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 move, we don't, you know, um, desire to pay attention to it or to ask questions or to inquire, you know, we just do our own thing and act as if it, we don't, you know, pay it, we don't notice it. So as for me and my house is a challenge to remind us to pay attention because if we do not pay attention to what's really going on in our house, minding our own business, hoping to live a quiet and peaceful life, working in our house with our own hands, you know, then we are lost because your house is where your peace should be, your rest should be, your security, your castle, Mikasa, Mikasa, you know, um, your house, your home your physical house that's made of brick, wood, or siding. You know, you try to create that atmosphere where you can go and have solace. Uh, that's, that's all I'm saying. So as for me and my house, I said that we were going to just take a look and, and ponder over a few things. And maybe since the last time we were together, you may have had an eye-opening experience. Sometimes it don't take all day for you to realize what you've missed by being disconnected, okay? But now as we engage and as we connect with what's really going on in our houses, now we can pray about it. We can um, actually take a closer look at things as far as it, what we can do to change things. You can always change the people that are around you or in your immediate circle. Sometimes it takes a little longer for them to get a grip, but you can begin to change within yourself. And I can assure you that when you start with self, it will permeate, okay? You just have to stick on in there and create that climate because God is our creator. So he also has given us a creative force within and that is faith without works is dead. Just like the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. So you put your faith to work 
and your work will, will, will permeate. So I was thinking about, I took three scriptures, you know, um, I just want to look at every component that makes up a home. And by that, I mean the man, the woman, the children. Okay. And I want to start with us ladies. Yes, I do. You know, because this is something that I try to do daily as much as possible is to examine myself, to pay attention to how the atmosphere is, how the climate is when I enter into that space, into my personal space or into the the atmosphere of my home. I do my best to try that because I'm a firm believer that if you can operate with kindness, loving kindness and with giving and sharing and serving on the outside, if, if you can temporarily make yourself do that, whether it's regarding your job because you get paid for it, or whether it's you're on the outside and you've got a group of people who you really enjoy being around and it's easy for you to be a servant uh, and to have joy and laughter and to share, wh- whatever it is, you're making a choice to put your energy into doing that. So you should be doing the same thing in your home. Make the same choice to put your energy into being that light, that, that love and kindness virtue in your home. So I do my very best. Am I perfect? No. But I do my best to, to, uh, to remind myself that if I don't preserve or take care of what's on the inside, you know, and I'm out there doing all this and that on the outside for show or to make a point or, you know, just because I have to do it. And my inside is dying. Then something's wrong with me. I need to reevaluate. I need to reexamine myself. And it starts with one person. Like I said, you may can't move, make, you know, um, make the others that are in your atmosphere at home, do as you do, do what you want them to do, but what you can do is start with self. All right, so I've just got three scriptures here. And I know that as ladies, we tend to be the nurturers. We are the givers. We are, sometimes we're the takers, but a lot of times we are the givers. We are the ones that stick our neck out for our family or our loved ones. We are the ones that are on the front line, as they say. We are the essential workers most of the time because we put so much into, you know, our family and to our loved ones and to those that we care deeply about. So we tend to be the nurturer and the givers. Now, I didn't say all of us. There's no such thing as everybody and all because we're all different. We think differently. And we perceive things differently. And some may say, hey, that's you doing too much. And others may say, no, this is what I need to do because this is what makes my inner core flourish. You understand? So I took three scriptures just for us to look at, you know, as ladies uh, with our husbands, with our loved ones, with our with our significant others or whatever you want to call the one that you spend most of your time with um, in intimacy. Yes, we can be 
loving and kind with our children. But I want to talk about that person that you are more, more intimate with in, 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 in every level. And that's that man, woman. <laughs> so, um, one of the scriptures that I, that I, uh, looked at here. Okay. And I'm talking and talking. I had my hand on it and I lost my scripture cause I am a writer. I like to, to write and, you know, put things down so I don't forget. So we have here first Peter fourth chapter and eight verse. It says, and above all, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude. Love covers over a lot. Love covers a multitude over a multitude of sin, a multitude of faults, a multitude of pain. It covers it. And we as women, most of us, we can identify with this scripture because I know there have been times that we have had that special someone in our life that, no, they weren't exactly <laughs> what you were looking for, but you saw potential. And because you saw potential, you decided to put yourself out there. And with that being said, you notice there are some things that need to be, be a little adjusted. And when you got with that person, you realize not only things need to be adjusted in them, but adjusted in you as well. So it goes both ways here. But since I am a representation of the woman, I can say that we have to love deeply. We have to love honestly. We have to love with no ill motives. Because when you love like that, you are more forgiving and you're more giving because as the scripture says, it covers love covers over a multitude of sin. Then we have Luke six and 37. It says, forgive and you will be forgiven here. God reminds us to forgive because there has been times, whether that other person, that man, that, that significant other, whether, he knew about it or not that you needed them to forgive you. And therefore, if you have fallen or into um, a situation that you know wasn't all kosher and you need for that person to forgive you. So the scripture tells us to forgive and you will be forgiven. Even if that person don't forgive you, or even if you walk, you're walking in unforgiveness. How can we expect God to forgive us when we do and say things that are not beneficial, that are not healthy? So we have to operate in forgiveness for us to be forgiven. And to forgive really means I understand, don't like it, wasn't right, but I forgive you because I have not been perfect. I may not have done what you've done, but I've done something and I need forgiveness for it. 
Therefore, I forgive you. It's an act of your will to forgive. There's never going to be a warm and fuzzy time for us to forgive someone who have hurt us or who have, dis- who have hurt us in any kind of way. That's something that we have to put forth an effort to do. And also true forgiveness is once you forgive, don't bring that situation back up and throw it back up in the other person's face because you don't want God to do that. He said he takes our sin and he throws them from the, as far as from the East to the West and he remembers them no more. God said he remembers them no more. Now if God can do that. We can do that. This look, that has been a challenge for me because we have a memory and because we have an advocate who is the devil who likes to bring, who likes to recall or impute thoughts into our mind of those things that have made us feel bad or that have made us feel like we need to retaliate. But the scripture says, forgive and you will be forgiven. The last is Philippians 2, 14 through 16. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing is that you is that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, holding fast to the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now, this is Paul talking to the the people in Philippi, the Philippians. He said, I'm breaking it down in my layman terms and how I apply it to my life. I try to do it as often as I can. Perfection is all the way in Christ and through Christ because we can't do nothing in our own spirit. Do all things without grumbling, fussing, complaining. You know, all things, washing the dishes, picking up your husband's or your man's pants or, you know, cooking the food or going out to just be that helpmate, you know, do all things without complaining, fussing, murmuring, and grumbling. Not that we can be perfect so that we can be blameless. Because when that spirit of complaint or when that grumbling spirit comes up and it presents itself to to you in a situation that you just don't want to be bothered with, cast that thing down. Say, I will not. Take it out. Change your mindset. Put a song in your heart. Open your mouth so those thoughts won't keep running around in your head of discontentment. Don't grumble and complain because I promise you there have been a time that someone had to do some things for you and they were all messed up on the inside, grumbling, complaining, didn't want to be bothered, but they did it anyway. And maybe somebody had that thing going on on the inside of them And they took it and they gave it to God and they got beyond it and they were over an overcomer. Wow. I tell you, there's an old saying that we say in the ministry. Sometimes you've probably heard it. You probably haven't. The water hits the pipe 
before it hits the ground. That means that this word had to deal with my spirit, had to refresh my spirit, had to revisit me. So this word touched me before it can even, you know, I can even minister it to you for it to be, I pray, uh, a message, a conviction of help to you. My God, my God. I tell you, this is some good stuff, y'all. I'm telling you, don't despise small things in life. Don't despise these podcasts and this these messages that people are sharing because God has laid it on their heart to share. Don't critique it so much that you miss the benefit of it, but embrace it and put it to work because God's word is really practical. We can take that word and apply it to our life. Every part of his word is beneficial for our teaching, you know, for, for correction, for wisdom. It's in the word and it will forever be in the word. Oh man. Okay. It's getting heated up in here. Yes. I can go on and on and on. But like I mentioned before, I have to remind myself, I'm doing my best to try to keep this short and sweet. But in the meantime, in between time, and until the next time we meet, take this challenge to heart and stay blessed. Hello, hello. I am back. Once again, it's a blessing to be here. Arise and walk a prophetic move of God. Yes, we're back today. Part two of the challenge. I just wanted to, you know, touch a little bit on what make up as for me and my house challenge. What's really going on in your house? I know last week uh, we talked about or shared some scriptures as it relates to the woman in the house. Um, It is so much The Bible is a wellspring of knowledge, wisdom, um, correction, guidance. It is a treasure book. It is the living word. It's life. And there are so many scriptures about everything that we're experiencing in this lifetime. For it tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. What has been has already been done. So it's there. The word is there for us to um, gain or get what we need from it. Well, today we're going to talk about the other component that make up as for me and my house. And if you um, heard the intro and listened to part one, as we were talking about the ladies, the only picked out a couple scriptures, just a few. It's, it's a lot, but I only chose the ones that actually, you know, um, uh, resonated with my heart. Um, I want to keep it short and sweet. I really do. Uh, but with a message like this or with a challenge like this, we can go on and on and on, but I won't do you like that this time. Um, as I was looking at the male part as for me and my house. And and like I mentioned with this challenge, it's about paying attention to the atmosphere in your home. Pay attention to um, 
you know, the attitude in your house, the climate in your house. And I know that, you know, with what's going on today, as I mentioned before, um, we're in the house, we're, we are limiting ourselves, but it is very easy to be in the house, but still be clueless of, of what's going on while you're there. So today, um, this challenge, once again, is to remind us to pay closer attention, just to observe and really feel what's going on in the house, okay? Um, again, uh, just tapping into a little bit of the scriptures as, as it relates to the male component of the house, as it relates to the uh, relationship that the male component of the house is supposed to uphold with the wife, with the children, with the family members, you know, just period. And I know sometimes, I know, I know <laughs> we ladies can get together and go in on those men, but no, this is not to bash, no. Um, this challenge is to really embrace and be grateful um, and um, examine ourselves. And it's easy to point fingers and it's easy to look at someone else and, and pick up out all of their flaws and shortcomings. But when it comes to you allowing the Holy Spirit to shine his light within, and then there are some things about you that will surface that can, um, that you can evaluate and come to the conclusion that you can do things better, starting with self. Okay, as for me and my house, or as for you and your house, men, um, I like this scripture. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, gives us uh, a lot of nuggets on how the male component needs to kind of, you know, uphold the household, do the very best he can. It says, Ephesians 5 and 28, so ought man or men to love their wives as their own bodies. Hmm. He that loves his wife loves himself. And we can take a look around today. You see a lot of men who are getting those bodies together. They are working out, trying to eat better, you know, flexing with the six pack, seven, eight pack, you know, uh, getting those muscles in shape. And they're really paying a lot of attention to their physical body, you know, to their physical uh, temple, you know, uh, keeping it together, smelling good, dressing well, and, and just overall. Well, the scripture just said it. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself because the wife, that woman who you are being intimate with, that you have become one with, 
is your wife per se, okay? And 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 I'm gonna go a little deep. Just tap into this a little bit, okay? Um, what makes a man and a woman one is when they come together in that intimacy and that um, that consummation takes place, okay? That is actually what makes a man and woman one. That constitutes a marriage. Whether you verbally say the vows or not, once you have consummated a relationship and you have crossed that intimate line, you can say you have become married to that person. Okay, all right, I know it's kind of rough, but the laws of the land still stand. We have to be obedient. You know, there's a lot of comf- consummation going going on, but very few vows uh, are, are, you know, our commitments are being made. Now that's another podcast. But anywho, <laughs> back to that verse in itself. So the woman is your body, okay? That woman is your body. So take care of her like you take care of your physical body. You don't, a normal man in his right mind is not going to abuse his body. So you don't abuse that woman. A normal man in his right man, in his right mind is not going to look in the mirror and call himself name, call himself names and give himself a black eye. So you don't call that woman names or give her a black eye. Respect your physical body the same way you respect your spiritual body in that body suit, which is that woman. Okay. All right. And there's another scripture that came. Proverbs 15 and 1. Sometimes communication, as for me and my house, in the house can be very straining or stressed, especially when you have um, so much going on. You have bills to pay. Um, Money is acting funny and your change is strange. Finances. um, Areas of intimacy. You know, just being civil with one another, being cordial, being courteous, you know, conversation, connecting. Um, Sometimes as for me and my house, me and your house, what's really going on is that you all don't know how to talk to one another. You don't know how to communicate. The scripture says in Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turned away anger or turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Okay. Sometimes, you know, and I know I've heard men say that after a while, women, if, 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 and we can be this way sometimes because we know we, we express, we are a a women, most of most of us are very emotional. Yes, we can be very sensitive. Yes, and sometimes we look deeper than our men into things. So we can express it. 
a little bit more passionate. And as a man may go through something and he steal away or work on his car, or go exercise or go to his man cave, look at TV, just want to kind of, you know, uh, get secluded or get into his own little world. Women, sometimes we need to talk. Most times we want to talk. We want to know, we want to engage, you know, um, in conversation. So there are times um, that as the woman is wanting, you know, as we're wanting to engage or wanting to, to communicate, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. So the man, it goes over his head, through his ears, out the other side of his brain, and he don't want to deal with it. You know, so it can stir up confusion, strife, contention, anger. But sometimes, even when you're not feeling it, man, and the woman asks a question, gather yourself, do the best you can to collect your thoughts, listen, and give her a soft answer. It could be a soft no or a soft yes without the aggression. So the communication. And also, and it's, 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 it can be a lot of responsibility because women, we think differently than men because we are different, okay? And that's just the way it is. But in a relationship, especially when you're living in the same house, you have to come together and, you know, communicate better and know what battles to fight and to continue fighting. Um, also, um, husbands, Ephesians 5 and 25, I guess that Ephesians got me. Um, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, the church are, are the people. We are the church. You know, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The church is no longer you know, where God dwell in brick and mortar. He dwells within us. So we are the body of Christ. We are the church. So men, love your wives. Love that woman. Just like Christ loved you. <laughs> Just like he loved you and gave himself for you. Christ's crucifixion is called the passion. That was his passion to die for us so that we may live again with him. So when he says, and I got a revelation on this, um, he said, husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Husband, you got to give yourself for your wife. And when I think about giving yourself, sometimes you have to lay that mindset you have down and be a little bit more patient and let that patience be coupled with kindness and gentleness and love, you know, give yourself, you know, give, give, give yourself like Christ gave himself to you. 
Christ patient. You know, um, God is long suffering with us. Um, and that's how the revelation I received from that scripture is how you should give yourself to your wife, that woman. <laughs> and lastly, Ephesians 6 verse 4 touches on the man and the children in that house. It says for the man to be a good father, okay, who do not provoke their children to anger. Don't provoke anger in your children. You, once again, you have other things that are on your shoulder. And in, in most cases, you may be the, the breadwinner. You are the head of the household, um, where you are the one who have more of the income coming in. Therefore, you have to pay more of the bills and you may have to pay, spend more of, of your time at work. So now here comes the children. So now you're coming in and you're looking at things from a different mindset because of what you had to do over time, double time, you know, throughout the week or throughout your days going to work. So right here, it says, be a good father and don't take what you had to deal with on the job out on your children, okay? For they are the children and you are there to help guide them. Yep, I tell you, it is very difficult to stay within parameters of time when we're talking about what's really going on in your household, the climate, the attitude, you know, the atmosphere of your household. It is so important to pay attention and to examine yourself to see what you can do better to make things better. Well, fellas, I hope this has been uh, food for thought and no offense taken, because like I said, this is something that can go on and on and on and on. But our challenge today, again, is to examine yourself and pay attention to what's really going on in your household. All right, well, it's been a pleasure. And until next time, Stay blessed. Hello, hello. It is me again. Arise and walk. A prophetic move of God. Yes, we're back again with the As For Me and My House Challenge. This is part three, the last part, because what I was trying to do was talk about each component of our house, okay? Um everyone who play a part in making up the atmosphere, the attitude, and the climate of our household. Well, it's the man, the woman, and the children. I'm not going to the cat, the dog, 
and all of that because they too have a part in the atmosphere in the household. And most times when we have animals in the house, it can bring a little comfort, but I'm not going there. I'm gonna stick with the man, the woman, and the children. Part three is for the children. One thing that I can say, and, and we always quote this verse out of the commandments in, um, about children. Honor your mother and your father, and your days will be long upon this earth. That is a commandment that comes with a promise. Yes. And also in the Bible, when Jesus connected with the children, the Bible says that he said, suffer not the little children to come unto me. In other words, he was saying, don't stop them, allow them to come to me. And he laid hands on them and he blessed them. And he told the grown folks that were sitting around, he said, hey, unless you become like one of these little ones, these little children, you won't have a place per se in heaven, okay? In other words, or a place in the kingdom. In other words, that childlike faith, that childlike love, that childlike perspective as a child looking up to his father or to his mother. And also, he said, as it relates to the children, that they are a blessing from him. They are like olive trees or vines around the table. They are such a blessed addition to the family. Yes, those children. And thousands of children are being abused in this world. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of little children are being abused by the very ones that God have put in place to love them, to nurture them, to train them up in the way that they should go. They are being abused by the very hands that hold them. Children are our future. And we are responsible for their guidance. We are responsible for their correction. We are responsible as the adult, as the parent, to show them the way by teaching and be an example. The children. When you go into a home and you hear the pitter-patter of those feet and you hear giggles and you hear, give me back my toy or I'm gonna tell mama and dad or you just hear all the, the, the sounds and the camaraderie of siblings getting together, playing together, fussing, and just trying to figure this whole thing out. <laughs> yes, it can be very tiresome at times, but it is also a blessing. It can be 
so refreshing. And I know that there's an old saying that when when your when your children are small, when they're babies, they're on your hands. But as they grow into adults, they're on your heart. Because as long as they were on your hands, you can say go and they'll go and you can pull them and catch them by the hand and, and take them with you, you know, or, or you can say you're in time out or, you know, you're no keys to the car, whatever. You had more of a say so and more of a, I guess, hands on. But as they grow and they come into the knowledge of that, what mommy and daddy do, I can do too. Then they become far, far away and can be in the same house, but yet far, far away. Now they're on your heart because you can't always say, go over there and stay there and they'll stay or catch them by the hand and pull them and take them with you or grab them. No, you can't always do that because they have grown and now they have to figure things out, I guess, in their own way. <laughs> it's tough. So the household, what's really going on when you have young adults, and children, and sometimes full-blown, grown, old folk <laughs> as parents in the house. They play a big part of that atmosphere, that climate, and that attitude as well. Because if they are adults, then we have to set boundaries because we are still the parent. And they will never, ever get older than us. But at the same time, we have to respect that we allow them to be in our house, contributing to our climate, to our attitude, to the atmosphere. So therefore, we have to also respect their place there. Oh, and yeah, we have to get the respect because if we don't, they don't have to be there. <laughs> the same way that they've been walking in and out through that door is the same way they can leave. <sighs> I tell you, <laughs> as for men and my house, or as for you and your house, when it comes to our children, molding, training up, raising them up, caring for them, teaching, you know, being an example. This, that's a lifelong commitment because we never, ever, 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 ever stop being parents because even though they grow and they sometimes go, they still need us from time to time. So <laughs> this is the third part and the last part of the challenge as for me and my house. 
I really hope that you have gleaned or been refreshed or that, as the scripture would say, the iron sharpens iron, that I may have given you some nuggets to ponder over, some things uh, to think about. Um, Again, just be refreshed because we do not know the time, the hour, the moment, the day when this life is a vapor, when it will vanish away. So while you still have time and you are on this side of heaven, again, pay attention, be proactive, engage, respond, embrace, love, be patient. (laughs) Because one day, as for me in my house, and as for you in your house, it won't be. Wow. This is really bittersweet, but I truly have enjoyed this challenge. And I pray that you have too. But there will be others. <laughs> so until the next time, be blessed, stay blessed, and don't forget to remember Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will stand forever.